this is Jonah Ray from Mystery Science Theater 3000, and you're listening to Too Much Scrolling, and I'll see you in the future. Welcome to Too Much Scrolling for August 1st, 2023. I'm Steve Fodor. I'm Chip Hessenflow. We're just a couple of guys sitting around talking about things that are important to us. Hopefully they're important to you. If you need more information, there's so many great ways to find more information. Uh, Chip, I said August 1st. That is a red letter day, my friend. That means it's 8-1, Steve. Oh, no, it means school's coming. School's coming, Steve. It means I'm in school today. Hello and welcome to Steve at School, setting up everything for our school year. Students walk in in two weeks. Two weeks from today, students walk in and the teachers are already hard at work setting up for all the quality education that we're going to deliver this year. You sound very businesslike, Steve. I've already switched my language. I've already switched my language from summertime, Steve. Hey, everybody, I'm going to get in a van and go across the country to I uh, need to set up some presentations and uh, we need to make sure that everything's in place. <laughs> I need some forms filled out. Can you work on a Saturday? <laughs> Film at 11. Brings us to our film at 11, our movie of the week. There are some huge movies out there, Chip. You got a chance to see the Barbie movie. I had it on my calendar all week, and guess who didn't make it to the movie theater? Oh, but I did, Steve. I did make it to the theater, and I got to see it with a full, packed audience. So tell us all about this. I, I really, truly am excited to see this. I've heard so many things, and, and please don't be spoilery, because I've, I've heard a lot of pieces of this, and, and I know that there's more to the story than we expected. Well, there's the point, is even if I talk about it, Steve, I don't know how you would spoil it. This is sort of an experience. Um, first of all, we are not the demographic for this, Steve. Sure. Um, I didn't play with Barbies. I have daughters. They played with Barbies. Their mom played with Barbies. And that's the whole point is this is a movie that really is made for multiple generations. So, you know, young girls would go to it. Moms would go to it. Grandmas can go to it. And they all can relate to this because while this is a very, I don't know, surreal is not the proper word for it. Um, it's a playful movie that takes a lot of, um, concept and there's a depth to it that hmm. you will do it because one of the things that we all know is we all start out young in an innocent world but eventually we mature hmm. and we start thinking of more mature things so that's not you know that that's part of the story that's underlying it barbie comes in which is margot robbie you could not pick a better person to play Barbie. She is a Barbie doll, but there's a whole bunch of Barbies there. Everybody's named Barbie and everybody's named Ken, along with a whole bunch of cameos from a lot of people that, well, they're just toys that didn't have the legs of uh, Barbie. Let's just say that. Ching. That's right. <laughs> this movie will probably win best sets, best costuming. There's songs, there's dancing, there's super fun cameos, there's fun dialogue going on. 
But what we have is this um, in the in the trailer. They say it was the this is the best day ever, and yesterday was the best day ever, and tomorrow is going to be the best day ever. It's the best day ever. It's a song from SpongeBob. <laughs> That's the theme of SpongeBob the musical. But at the same time, all of a sudden, Barbie says, "Well, what about death?" And everything stops. What we learned from this, Steve, is that Birkenstocks are the path, are the walking. Uh, shoe to get you to real life and there is the the fun part of that i think this is a fun movie and like i said i do think there is a depth to this that uh i do think that there is going to be a percentage of people in the audience that are going to cry um wow so what i think what you're going to find is this is not our movie steve this is a girl power movie Ken discovers the patriarchy and Barbie's not going to have anything to do with that. And so we get this sort of realization. I do think that we have part of the movie that's just not very good. Uh, I I don't think this is um, going to be Academy Award winning or anything like that. But the music is so strong. The visuals are so strong. I think people had a great time. There's a reason this is going to be a phenomenon. Um, 55 out of 100, if you're a, a young lady, you're probably going to rate it higher. This is not an all-family show, but I think teenagers and up are just really going to eat this up. And I think like moms are going to really enjoy this. Very, very fun. That was one of the first questions that, that somebody asked me is, what is the rating on this? And it is a PG-13 rated film. It is definitely not for young children because of those those big existential questions. I think this is a PG-13 movie. It should be in PG-13. It should be that. And uh, I don't think that young people would be harmed by that. There's there's nothing that's um, overly sexual or inappropriate. But, you know, all I can say is Ryan Gosling, is. Um, we need to figure out what his ab workout is because he is, like, jacked up in this movie. And um, it's so cool. Excellent. You also got to see another super cool movie that I definitely need to get to, and that is Theater Camp. Tell me all about this one. I did not know what to expect going into this film. I just knew I needed to review a film, and Uh Theater Camp happened to be playing. And it's been on there because this is a very Steve movie. Let's just it is ma- summertime. It is summertime. And quite a few of my students have been at theater camp this summer. And the, the experiences of those young people are on display in this movie. So this is a mockumentary in a way. It's kind okay. of a movie, kind of a documentary-ish kind of way it plays. The, by the way, the couple that sat next to me, the the mom was, she goes, this is, I was a theater mom. And her daughter is currently touring on a national, uh, well, Hairspray and now on Aladdin. So uh, dad is sitting on the other side. We're all kind of laughing about this because we're re- getting ready to go to an experience. At the end, she goes, yeah, that was my uh, that was my uh, parenting life right there. <laughs> so the idea is you go out to the country, you're at this lake, you're going to go and go to theater camp. Think of any kid that you know that would want to go to theater camp. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're well represented here, Steve. Okay. And the, uh, the 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 teachers who are at the theater camp, 
Yes. Just just go Nine. off the just go off the deep end. <laughs> yes, they're well represented in this. This is an absurd movie. Um, the premise is that the lady who owned and started theater camp, well, she had a situation happen. Medical uh, emergency. She had a medical emergency. The camp okay. must go on. Sure. Her son, he is a uh, he is a video blogger, Steve. He's going to take over, and he's going to yo 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 run this camp. And um, anyway, he, sh he shows up and quickly is humbled by how what a special place it is. Not mm -hmm. every kid is made to go to every camp. These kids were not made for football; they were right. made to do something else. That's great. Find your tribe. Um, there it is. The, the finding that finding your community, finding the group of people, finding your joy and really excelling in this, even though it's silly to others, it's so important to these kids. And that's what I love about putting on plays. All right. So Steve, we saw book smart a few years ago. Um, there was a, the, the kid in that, that was, um, doing the plays at the whole foods, you know? Okay. Gonna yeah. do, gonna do. Well, he was also in this. He's teaching lighting here. He is the MacGyver of this camp. He is the joy of this movie because he's the realistic person that really wants to be an actor, but stuck in lighting uh, and stagecraft. But he uh -huh. he's solving everything behind the scenes. Um, but the goal of this camp, Steve, is they're going to do a production um, that they're going to write during camp. And they're going to produce it at the end. And the production comes out. All I can say is Hamlet 2 would be a great <laughs> film to pair with this. Because yeah. the absurdity of their play in this movie and the absurdity of Hamlet 2, yeah, they're both there. So I don't think this is going to be award-winning. If you have interest in it, let's say 60 out of 100. This is a Steve film. I have a whole community of people that would that would enjoy this film for sure. And you should watch it as a group because oh, I, yeah. I think that you will find um, a lot of joy in this eccentric, eclectic group of people that somehow put together stories, Steve. Mm-hmm. That's that's the story of theater. That is what we do. The eccentric group of kids come together and and the joy of it. We enjoy being silly. We get together and we have that community grow going forward. We we know a lot of famous people. So there is a scene I'll, I'll spoil for you. There's a kid who's doing a uh, audition for something and the power goes out. And he turns to the pianist and said, this power outage is not going to ruin my final note and hit some crazy note. The show must go on, Steve. Well, you know that for sure. I've told you the story of the performance of Bye Bye Birdie where the young lady is singing and the light in the back explodes like fireworks in the theater. And she stops, she pauses, she makes sure that everybody is safe, and then she hits that note. Those <laughs> moments are amazing. <laughs> All right, Steve, I wasn't the only one who got to watch some things. You got to watch some things from, um, well, from a place <laughs> that you can journey. 
It's been a week, sir. I did not make it to the movie theater, but I did get to see two important episodes of two important TV shows. There's this thing called television ship. Let me explain. The first one. What is television, Steve? The first one is an episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which is, in a lot of people's opinion, some of the best Star Trek being produced. It is a very silly, very tongue-in-cheek, but still full of all of the adventure of Star Trek series. Just in time for the 53rd anniversary, Steve. Paramount's <laughs> going to celebrate it. <laughs> They'll be all over it. Don't worry. They'll get their ducks right in a row. <laughs> The seventh episode of season two is a crossover episode with Star Trek Lower Decks. And for those of you who don't know, Star Trek Lower Decks is a very comedic, very silly sitcom style Star Trek that just happens to be animated. So two of the animated characters from Star Trek Lower Decks uh, get transported to strange new worlds and they are no longer animated. They are the live action actors who portray those two characters and the adventure that they have is such a great crossover between the joy of lower decks and the seriousness of strange new worlds this is the best 45 minutes of television this summer is it really yeah it's it's so well written you don't have to know anything about these characters you don't have to know any of the backstory of any of this the episode lays out everything about who these characters are the situation that they're in and the the oddity of these two goofballs joining up a very serious starship with a very serious captain in captain pike it is very very well done did you ever read uh, Kevin Rubio's comic uh, about Tag and Bink? And Tag and Bink were two bit players in the Star Wars universe that just happened to be at every important event going on at Star Wars, kind of running around. I have not read that, but you've, you've presented that to us in the past. That's That's pretty much what this is. You should look that up. I think you will find more joy... That these important events are going on, and these two these two goofball are dressed as stormtroopers that just happen to show up, or wherever they are in the story that just happens to be the background player. Very yes. very fun. So this sounds like a lot of fun, Steve. Super fun. The the show will never die. It keeps being resurrected. Let me explain. The The late 1900s uh, brought us a TV show called Futurama, the, the uh, heir apparent to The Simpsons from the mind of Matt Groening. Futurama was on television, broadcast television on Fox in 1999. Uh, the, the story of a pizza delivery boy accidentally frozen who wakes up a thousand years later in the year 2999. That show has been canceled more times than just about any show and this week chip good news everyone this week futurama is back with new episodes on hulu uh entering the year 3023 and fry our main character figures out he has wasted the last 23 years of his life he has not successfully done anything with his life and sets out to find his future in the year 3023 what is interesting about this show is that it's an animated show 
And mm-hmm. because it is, the characters don't have to age because the voice actors, yeah, they're, they're not ever being shown. So right. it works out real, real well to do a season or two, let it kind of die for a little while, and then come back with a, mm-hmm. with a, a, when you have a good story. When you have good story, good writing, they they make some great visuals in this animation. But yeah, the voices, all of the actors, all of the voices are back for this series. And they can do amazing things with that storytelling. There's so much to animation in 2023 and audio dramas. We are hearing the voices of the Doctor Who actors who are very much in a different age bracket than they were 40 years ago, but they can still tell great stories. Futurama is still Futurama on Hulu. I suggest it to everybody. Book it, book it, book it. Book it, book it, book it. Book it. Book it. Brings us to our book at our book of the week, summertime and the living is easy, Chip. Do you remember that trip you took across the United States towards Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, Steve? I do. I remember it very fondly. <laughs> As you're going to see the blob and celebrating that movie, what better way to do that than finding an audible book to, um, I don't know, set the mood for when you arrive in Pennsylvania. Steve, what type of book would you possibly want to pair with a movie like The Blob? A really deep philosophical book about finance and how the United States works together to solve a problem. I listened to... That that sounds like me, Steve. That doesn't sound like you. I listened to the audiobook of the novelization of the movie Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. This was released this year, 2023, written by Jeff Strand. This is the novelization of the movie from 1978. The 45th anniversary of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is coming up in October. And it is one of those movies that is so silly, is so bad that I love it. So, you know, it was, um, I don't even know if we could call it a B movie, Steve. C, D, <laughs> E, maybe. But you know what? They have a great theme song in the in this film. There is that. The, you start with the theme song of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, and, and the ridiculousness starts there. There's, there's nothing to theme song but it's catchy and it gets in your head and you even you sir that don't remember a lot of this film you remember that theme song from 45 years ago well when we first sort of worked with tomatoes they thought they were poisonous but does this um does this story kind of take us on that journey the story of the making of this film in 1978 is absolutely ridiculous the group of people that came together to make this movie wanted to make a silly spoof of a b movie so this becomes not a b movie but a c movie or a d movie and john DeBello, who wrote produced and directed the original movie just made silly late 70s B movie here the very much the kinds of movies that I was watching at that time at at a very young age learning about filmmaking very small independent film and 
<laughs> the concept of the attack of the killer tomatoes is so ridiculous because all they have to do is film a tomato and in words tell the audience that this tomato is frightening that it is going to attack you and then the cut to another scene where the actor is holding the tomato upon his face and going ah ah the tomato is biting me it's so simple it's such a simple concept and it just makes me smile to think about the the impact of this film and if you paired that with say a movie like airplane where you were um playful dialogue Mm-hmm. Taking taking a serious subject, making it silly. There certainly was a lot of silliness going on in the the low, lower budget films of that mm-hmm. time. So I I see how this fits real well into it. This is not a, a book about the making of the movie. This is about the story. So based on the screenplay, Steve, tell us the story of the Killer Tomatoes. The, the novelization, I don't know how many novelizations you've read in in your past, but the novelization concept is to take the visuals from the screen and to add more information. Here, Jeff Strand, the author, adds the, the concepts of how did these tomatoes come to be uh, killer tomatoes? What is the, the larger uh, government conspiracy that <laughs> makes this all happen? And we see more more of the government response. How is the government going to save us from all of this? This is not a, a huge feature of the film. Most of the film is is the guy with the parachute running around and <laughs> trying to solve the problem of the killer tomatoes. Do you remember this visual? The, 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 the guy with an, a deployed parachute in his arms and he's running around town trying to solve this problem. That is one of the things that Jeff Strand highlights in the novelization is the government sent that guy. He is a military guy who's going to come and, and save the country. We know he's military. He's got a parachute, Steve. Steve, nature versus nurture certainly seems like it's going to be a very deep part of the story. Tell us about that. Oh, is there a mad scientist who created the tomatoes, who decided this was a good idea to make a killer tomato that was going to come and and (laughs) vanquish his foes? Yes, yes, that is the story here. And in, in great 1970s spoof movie style, he reveals the antidote. He reveals the way that we could save ourselves from these tomatoes in such a way that none of the characters understand it but he is giving it so strongly so that the audience knows that the answer is music music is the answer to cure the world of the killer tomatoes music is the pesticide to save us steve and it's just one song it's just one song and the song is puberty love it is the worst song that they could ever put together as a as a spoof of modern music and it's played throughout the, 
this story and they find out that's how we can save ourselves from the killer tomatoes this is so much fun this is so ridiculous this is absolutely ridiculous all of my svenguli watching friends who enjoyed the ridiculousness of attack of the killer tomatoes 45 years ago will enjoy this very meta very fourth wall breaking conversation about uh the filmmaking and our fandom of this there is a story in this story about a helicopter crash that apparently happened during the filming of this movie in 1978 and the novelist here expounds upon the concept of what if there was a helicopter crash and they covered it up what if those people who were in that helicopter were killed during the filming of this movie and nobody talks about it and he spins that fourth wall breaking concept into the storytelling of attack of the killer tomatoes in such a fun way it's such a great wink at the audience well q and on scott uh plenty of time to uncover that and uh release that information to us through their special agent the conspiracies of 1978 coming to light finally finally jeff strand has the, the wit and the wisdom to bring us the attack of the killer tomatoes novelization i recommend this to everybody who's silly i recommend this to everybody who's old enough to remember 1978 uh, i'm not sure that anybody other than the silly old people would enjoy this i i enjoyed this and cackled and laughed out loud at some of the joy that was given to me through this story that's what a solo trip will do for you steve some nut there's some nut alone in his car with a standy of svengoolie cackling like a mad scientist yes that's attack of the killer tomatoes by jeff strand scroll with it Brings us to our scroll with it. There's plenty of things happening in the world. Let's talk about almost none of them. Uh, Chip, did you watch the congressional hearings on UFOs, or I'm sorry, UAPs this week? I did not, Steve. Tell us a little about, about what <laughs> Congress is doing. Congress came together. The, the, the government of the United States came together to hold hearings on what we know about UFOs and what the government has been hiding. The conspiracy theory, the Fox Mulder X-Files of all of this. A whistleblower, David Grush, declared under oath for the first time that the United States government is in possession of UFOs and non-human bodies. He said this under oath in congress it is now on the public record so i i was trying to figure out who david grush is and he was an intelligence agent so mm -hmm. this is an insider and uh you know he brought two other insiders with him, giving credibility to his statements. And those statements, whether they are truly credible or not, they are now on the public record. He declared these things under oath. This is interesting. How, is. How, how interesting it is. I guess we will learn more as it's uh, revealed. Mm -hmm. But this first part is interesting. Interesting. Certainly, interesting. certainly could change... Uh, how we view ourselves in the world or in and, the and universe. That, 
uh-huh our place in the universe our little bit of perspective of who we are i look forward to hearing more about this i've been i've been a a fan of thinking about ufos for a long long time and uh what we don't know is is huge and what, what young person wouldn't i mean it's just such a wonderful thing to kind of think about certainly uh science fiction explores this but you know mm-hmm. Anyway, at some point, everybody mm-hmm. goes through their little fun journey. Uh, exactly. Followed by their, you know, horoscope journey. <laughs> followed by getting a lot of money and buying Twitter and changing Twitter forever. Well, certainly, Steve. You know, I was having a hard time finding Twitter, but I found a map and I had to look for the X. Oh, she's in the Chicago land area. Oh, no, not that X. (laughs) Yes, Twitter is no longer Twitter. Welcome to X. Go to X.com for all of your uh, not tweeting. Uh, Elon Musk is is trying to change it to making an X instead of a tweet. And uh, language doesn't change that quickly, sir. Well, I think that he is, this is not just a rebrand. There's something Mm -hmm. else going on behind it. He wants it to be a kind of a catch-all. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be a a, a wallet where you pass you, you know your your revenue uh, currency through it, um, mm-hmm. but it's going to be something. You know, we can question you know his purchase of it, whether it was the right thing to do. We can question some of the responses to it. Certainly, there's a, a part of our population that's very upset about it. But mm-hmm. you know, there's no doubt that we're getting a lot of fruit from this. So one of the things that we remember from Twitter was that Matt Taibbi, T-A-I-B-B-I, he's a a person who writes uh, on Substack and is a journalist, and how he went through the information through Twitter. Basically, he got back office access to the Twitter communications. And what he was able to uncover was that um, where journalists – and government agencies have a really close relationship, like way closer than we should allow. Mm-hmm. They're not really questioning things. And I think that that is important to know. So regardless of what you feel about Elon Musk and about this purchase and how he's worked with Twitter, I cannot stress enough how important it is to know that the information that you're getting Sometimes it's more like public relations, and it's hmm. it's not being critically challenged like a, like a press should do. And I think that they, that is, like I said, I think that's the most important revelation from this. But I do think going back a long time ago, what Musk was trying to do with PayPal, I think this is a continuation of this. Agreed. And so Agreed. We, we, we don't know how it's going to play out, but you know what? X is what it is now. Uh, except for on Apple iOS, because the uh, iOS app store rejected the name X because it doesn't have enough characters in it. So it cannot exist as an app on your iOS device. Also, there's a few countries around the world that have rejected this name because that letter X represents something else uh, in our society or in some other countries. And uh, the the question of will this name stand is something we're going to keep an eye on. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It'll play out. Yep. 
You can get chat GPT on iOS that was launched in May. And this week there is an Android app where you can have chat GPT on your phone. Don't worry. There's nothing that can be wrong with having an AI installed on your phone. Our overlords will know everything, Steve. Uh, they, this is one more way that they can find out about us. Chat GPT is something to definitely keep an eye on. Did you see the news over the summer that the, the usage of chat GPT was vastly reduced over the summer? And the theory goes that it's mostly the students that were not in school that were not utilizing that service. I, I found the app on my iPhone much easier to use than going to the website. The website kept trying to sell me on an advanced package. But the Mm -hmm. the iOS uh, app, I could just basically play around with it. And that's what I need to do at this point. I just need to play with it. And maybe I'll take a little class on how to use it better. But I do think this could be helpful. The, The challenge also with is some of the information it's pulling from is skewing some of the answers. They're not as correct as they were so it was improving so it sounds like you could corrupt it by giving it a bunch of noise too so i i I don't have great grasp on how to use it and where but i I do see that it maybe there's something that can be useful much more useful than a lot of these um like google and alexa and and siri I agree that there's there's definitely more to AI from chat GPT than there is from the AI from other services, and the other services are, are trying to catch up at this point. But yeah, that noise part is what really bothers me. As a teacher, I want students to find information, and if they are relying on a bad source of information, they are going to get the wrong answer. They're going to have incorrect data that leads to incorrect thinking, and that that is something that I definitely need to keep Keep an eye on. And how are we going to build a rocket ship, Steve, if we can't trust the information given to us by our overlords? <laughs> start with SpaceX. <laughs> it's got the place to start. It's got an X in it. Must be good. Steve, there's strikes going on that could impact other things. Yeah, things are certainly being affected by the writer's strike and the SAG actor's strike. The Emmy Awards will not air on September 18th. Uh, the reaction to that has been very negative. Most people go, well, I wasn't watching it anyway, so what do I care? I don't I don't care who's, who what Hollywood elites get awards. There's more to it than that. There's more to it than, than just the Hollywood elites. It, there's so many people that put together these productions that are being affected by these strikes. I, I'm fully and totally behind the strikes i want the people to get compensated for their work absolutely and i look forward to uh, a new world a resolution of of how we are going to compensate these workers while that's going on the rewatch podcasts are also in peril i don't know how much uh, okay there's a thing called tv chip and during the 1990s there were plenty of silly sitcoms and all sorts of other shows that i enjoyed that you heard of sort of the actors from those shows have been making their own rewatch podcasts lately and because of the sag strike many of those shows are now in peril or outright canceled. Well, I guess you'll have to read something then. <laughs> Doctor, get out a book like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> like a Neanderthal would do. What is this reading stuff? 
I love listening to the actors who were a part of a production 20, 30 years ago, talk about their work and, and see their work from their perspective of 30 years later, the, the maturity that happens and the way that they view their work is fascinating to me. There was a bones rewatch podcast with Emily Deschanel and Clara Gallo called boneheads that was scheduled to launch. That's been postponed. How rude Tanneritos with Jody Sweeten and Andrea Barber, this, the rewatch of full house. They launched one episode, but who knows what's going to happen. There's a second full house rewatch podcast chip. Oh my God. <laughs> Full House Rewind with Dave Coulier. Uh, he has decided to cut it out until, until after the strike. <laughs> Just Jack and Will rewatching Will and Grace launched at the end of June. Hopefully those episodes will continue. That's been a fun rewatch of that show. Zack to the Future, uh, the rewatch of Saved by the Bell, hasn't posted a new episode since August of 2021. I, I look forward to hearing from all of these actors to hear about their experiences in these productions. Well, at least 50% of us are, Steve. Pam Bedore and I have talked about doing a Sliders rewatch, watching every episode of Sliders and thinking about how that production worked with the pseudoscience and, and talking about the all of that production. Tom Merritt and Brian Brushwood are talking about doing that on Cord Killers now. Speaking of rewatches, though. Greg Sestero is coming to Chicago on Thursday. He's going to be at the Alamo Draft House. Chip, have you heard of the Alamo Draft House? I have heard of it, Steve. And you know, the one in Chicago down in Wrigleyville mm -hmm. has the theater um, dedicated to John Hughes. Sure does. Greg Sestero is going to be there watching The Room from 2003, the uh, Citizen Kane of bad movies. Oh, hi, Steve. How's your sex life? So, so I look forward to finally getting down to Wrigleyville, going to the draft house and watching a movie with a group of dedicated weirdos watching a bad movie together. What, you know, I live a lifestyle of going to bad movies with a bunch of weirdos. That's what I do. Speaking of which, Thursday is Jonah Ray's birthday. Happy birthday to Jonah Ray, the current host of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Friday is Barack Obama Day here in Illinois, the celebration of the 44th president's birthday. He's turning 62. That's why he's retired. Rock the Fox is coming to the Carpentersville Park this weekend, August 4th through 6th. Lots of loud rock and roll music this weekend in Carpentersville. And Blues Brothers Con is returning to the old Joliet Prison September 9th, 2023. Tickets are on sale now. Go to JolietPrison.org. That sounds like a lot of fun, Steve. I have a lot of fun on my calendar, sir. There's a lot of fun things on the horizon. I don't know, Chip. I think we have enough information to survive another week. What do you think? Only if we can come back next week, Steve. I think we can, as long as I can get my stuff done at school and get through all of these fun, fun things on my calendar. We would love to hear from you. How was your summer? How's it going? How's the fall shaping up for you? Give us a call or a text. Our phone number is 805-4104-TMS. Our website is toomuchscrolling.com. Our email is toomuchscrolling at gmail.com. We're on threads and Twitter, the service formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts 
and YouTube. And you can always ask your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Too Much Scrolling. I want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'm Steve Fodor. I'm Chip Hassenfloor. We'll see you in the future. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes! Attack of the Killer Tomatoes! We're making lasagna, man!